Welcome to the Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Is the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, it's at ESPN MLB Show. The Sox will take on the Tigers in a few moments at Comerica Park as it'll be Dallas Keuchel on the mound and take on Michael Fulmer. The Sox coming in. Uh, minus 131 on the money line. The over-under for runs is 9 for this one, as the Sox are a 500 team. And that's where I want to start, with the Sox being 500. Here's my first pitch. So here's what we know about the White Sox after the Sox lost to the Indians last night, a game you heard right here on ESPN 1000. The Sox are an average team that needs a lot of seasoning, blessed with good health, and maybe direction moving forward. Whatever happens to the Sox this season is gravy. I'll go back to what I said in early July about what the White Sox look like from a roster standpoint. I said that when you look at this lineup with some veteran talent and a lot of young players, the young players are suspects, not necessarily prospects just as of yet, because you have to go through a full season. It's only 60 games for this season that we're supposed to be looking at for Major League Baseball. There's some excitement there because we've seen some games from the White Sox say, okay, there's some signs there. But in this shortened season for development, it's really, for me, about what we see in 2021 and beyond and what a new core can bring. I was asked earlier in this season, hey, what do you think of the Sox chances now that we see now that we see that the White Sox uh, are in a position now where there's an extra, you know, a little bit of an additional thing going on with the wild card, you know, could there be an opportunity for the White Sox to get to the uh, playoffs? And I said, well, the good possibility with the extra time with the playoffs, it very well could be. Maybe in a wild card situation, the White Sox can get there. But ultimately, it's about development to see what happens uh, for 2021. So there's signs that this generation of Sox players are going to turn heads. Robert, Aloy, Grandal, Moncada, Anderson, Abreu. Listen, the Sox are led by young players with veterans, and I think it's a good mix for the White Sox. Injuries are, are part of the game, as you and I both know, but at some point you want to be uh, sound as a team. You want to play sound baseball. And so far what we've seen here in the early part of the season is that Cleveland and Minnesota are better ball clubs than the White Sox. Sox come into this game, losers of uh, four out of five. Here's one thing I do know about the Sox. They can beat Kansas City. Okay, so And Kansas City is the bottom of the division. So the Sox have lost four out of the last five. And just watching the ebb and flow of the Sox-Indian series that we just got out of, you know, the Indians are not special. This is the reason why many looked at Minnesota because of how many home runs they hit and because of the power that they have. And many thought that, hey, you know, there's a great possibility for Minnesota to win the division again because they hit over 308 home runs last year. They added more power here in the offseason, and they look good. 
And the socks to me is just a work in progress. And it's hard to really gauge on how good the socks can be when they've had this litany of injuries. So, you got the worst hitting outfield in the big leagues with the Indians and the Sox still cannot overcome. As we talk about this on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, Eric, let's go back in time uh, and a couple of the key moments in the White Sox game on ESPN yesterday. Oh, my. Squares up a fastball and hits it a mile to left. James McCann's third of the year. That's a loud sound, a cutter that did not cut. Perfect, short, tight, takeoff. This is the 16th extra innings game this year. DeShields bunting, and the squeeze play works. Put the ball in play, and the runner at their base just follows. Executed beautifully on the front side by DeShields. On the backside by Ramirez, beautiful small baseball will equal winning baseball. I love it. I did not love it. Watching the game yesterday, Eric, you watched that, and and so the, one of the things I had written down, and I, I'm going to not put it on Grandal. I know that he's not a first baseman. Here's what Grandal is. Grandal is a DH. Grandal is a hell of a hitter. Grandal is a catcher, but not great defensively as a catcher. So, but as a first baseman, he's not that. So I'm wondering for someone who has tried to throw out runners uh, in his career, why not the overhand throw to the plate? And why the underhand? Because uh, here's the thing. Maybe the runner is going to be safe anyway, but I just thought he got caught in between like, okay, here comes the runner down third base. I'm going to underhand it to try to get him out. Does a strong throw get the runner? Maybe, maybe not. But it just, to me, it would have been a better effort than just the kind of light underhand by Grandal at first base. I agree. I think that is... A rest like that comes from him not having many reps at first base. Yeah. Like how many times in the off season when you're doing those situational like things and you're practicing what you do, is he taking those reps from first base? Probably very, very few. So that I agree, he could have scooped it and then overhand through it, but that's just a lack of an experience right there. I don't I don't know if Abreu gets there and I and I, I think if he does get there, he's throwing it like he normally would throw it, he would not be an underhand. But but just the whole thing was just frustrating because, yeah, you know, the rain's coming down and you're just like, okay, so how will the Indians score? You don't expect a suicide there in that spot, but it's exactly what happened. Uh, but when you're struggling offensively, I guess I shouldn't have been that surprised. I just expect in the American League for them to swing away. It was a it was a brilliant play. Francona wasn't even in the building. I think he, he might have phoned that one in. I mean that was right. uh, that was a brilliant play because it, it caught the Sox defense off guard, and it's just kind of like ah. And then when the rain came down with the delay, I go, this is over. Now, I'm surprised that they even came back on the field because during this COVID-19, we've seen rain delays where if it's 30 minutes or longer, like, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. And I thought when they resumed, I said, this is over. And it was over, unfortunately, for the White Sox. Um, some thoughts from Rick Renneria, the manager for the White Sox. He says the extra innings and the loss, it really hurts. The same. I think, you know, they everybody did what they would probably – 
done with the personnel that they had. I thought it was a nice call by him to, to safety. I mean, Yaz was in. The, we had the corners in, anticipating something like that. Yaz made a nice play, uh, trying to get uh, Ramirez at the plate. Um, you know, they ended up scoring a couple runs there, but uh, it, it played out exactly, I guess, the way you would want it to play out. I mean, we ended up coming back again and, and scoring a run and getting some runners on base and had a chance also to come back and, you know, they were able to close it out. But uh, I thought today was, it, it's a, this one hurts a little bit. Uh, they all hurt, but this one hurts a little bit because these guys really battled today. <clears throat> I thought, like I said, Lucas did a great job battling through it. You know, we ended up, um, taking the lead then they end up taking the lead and then you know Matt comes back and does a little damage and we 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 tack on a run it's three to two we're going deep into the game it was a really a really good ball game uh just one we wanted to be on the right side of yeah Chialito was really good settled in nicely with nine strikeouts over seven I like that and Colome, you know after Marshall you know gives up the run I was a little bit a little skittish about Colome coming in because in the ninth with it being tied, that's not a closer spot, but he was able to dance out of it with just 17 pitches and not surrendering a run. Cordero comes in, uh, surrenders a couple runs, and that was the end for the White Sox. Uh, and by, by the way, Eric, I think you're a little too hard on A-Rod on, on social media. Let's, 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 let's just kind of tamp it down a little bit, a little bit too hard on A-Rod. He was so uh, bad. Okay, I got a quote <laughs> for you. And the White Sox have one of the best ground screw guy in baseball, Roger Bozart. He's been since 1983. And he is the best in the business. Yeah, they're dragging him in now. It's just there's just no chance. You just can't you can't pitch in this. I was like, oh, Bossard's gonna get a shot. Oh no, he's not gonna get a shot. He had so many you can tell he hasn't watched White Sox baseball in as long as they haven't been on Sunday night baseball, which was twenty thirteen. Like he had no idea about the roster, who built the roster. Roger Bossard he almost gave a shout out to. <laughs> You know, terrible. That, you know, that one's a little tricky for me because he is an employee of the company, but he also is an employee of Fox Sports, too. So so can I criticize the Fox Sports side of him by saying, hey, man, Encarnacion's not available. He's got a shoulder. And you can just tell as he goes through the roster, he goes, well, Encarnacion's available. And you could just tell an Eric Ostrowski-like producer was in his ear and told him he probably's not available because he got a shoulder. And then A-Rod goes, well, he may not be available because of the shoulder. Yeah, he was talking about him coming in to pinch hit, and then someone must have been like, nope, nope, not available. Not available. And then I loved him ranting and raving about small ball. When he is a dude who took performance-enhancing drugs to just hit home runs his whole career. Like, he didn't care about small ball, and he was raving about it. It was so fake. That was funny. That was funny. I just I, I was seeing what you wrote, and I, I'm getting on you, and then you saw what I wrote. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the same thing about Bozarts, <laughs> whatever the hell. It's just like, oh, man, just got to be prepared, man. It's got to be better, especially be, – and, and I can speak to this. We can open them, you know, kind of break through the fourth wall here. Sox fans feel like ESPN is not giving them a fair shake, like they don't exist. And it goes back to – a list of World Series champions, and the Sox were not listed. So on social media, there's always this disconnect between ESPN television and the White Sox, and and they feel like you know they're not being thought th- you know thought about and talked about, and then that happens. So that was something. Uh, Sox in Detroit going at it right now. Lineup for the Sox: Garcia, Moncada, Grandal, the DH, Abreu at first, Jimenez in left, Mazzara in right. 
McCann, the catcher, Mindek uh, is the second baseman, Engel, the center fielder, and Keuchel, as I mentioned, on the mound for the White Sox. All right, coming up next, the Cubs didn't have a series this weekend. Oh, I wonder why. We talk about it coming up next. The baseball show is presented by Goose Island Beer Company. The baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. And this portion, which is brought to you by Fatty's Pub in Orland Park. Restaurant quality there, because it is. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Fatty's Pub in Orland Park is a proud official White Sox bar and is a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game. Four balls, three strikes, a double play, and one. Place to hear the baseball show with Jonathan Hood. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The baseball show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Come on in. Totally interactive, the baseball show, right after Wild and Silver every night at 6, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. No score between the Sox and the Tigers. That game is at the bottom of the first inning with Keuchel on the mound for the White Sox. So uh, you want to jump in on the Cubs, Sox, anything else, MLB, be glad to take your phone calls as we're always interactive as we're brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. This show is here for you. It's not for me to pontificate for an hour about baseball. I can. But I'd rather talk to you about what's going on on baseball. If you watched the uh, the Sox game yesterday, some thoughts about some of the storylines around MLB, we'll address it, but I'd love to address it with you. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. We're going to hear from Jed Hoyer, the general manager for the Cubs, in just a moment, his thoughts about these missing games for the Cubs. But first, let me slide in Tom on Northwest Side on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Uh, we got to go through the list now of our buddy Han. Uh, the only good thing I think we got going for us is McCann. McCann has been great. And uh, if they let him go, it's a terrible mistake. The $74 million mistake is the other guy, and he should be <laughs> designated hitter only. And that's uh, our buddy uh, uh Rondell. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what what do you think about uh, Gio Gonzalez? What do you think about the other guys that are uh, just a, a waste? Even Carson Fulmer, you could say that that was a mistake when they uh, when they picked him. But uh, even even uh, Han himself called himself a jackass because of Tatis Jr. <laughs> Tatis Jr. and Guerrero Jr. are the best two players in baseball. Yeah, well, let me address it. I appreciate your phone call. And when it comes to Tatis, and I get this on social media as well, at Tweet J Hood and at ESPN MLB Show about Tatis, because we see all these highlights from Tatis, and it's great. But one can't grieve forever, right? I mean, as much as it would be cool for the White Sox to be able to have Tatis on the team, uh, if I'm... If I'm really sad about Tatis and saying, oh, there's another home run, what could have been, what if, listen, then now I'm throwing shade at Luis Robert. Now I'm throwing shade at Aloy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing to look at Tatis and say, well, it, he'd be great in a Sox uniform, but that's not what's happening. For me, my focus is on what's happening with the ball club now. And so whatever he's doing, that's great because now – the, the athletes and the great players are spread across the league. It's not on the Sox. Or it's not on the Cubs. And that's okay because these are how deals are made. It, it happens. You're going to miss 
You're not going to be 100% in that chair as a general manager. So, yeah, that's fine. Gio Gonzalez returning is so much of like a Kenny Williams move in which he has an asset that he's always wanted on the team. He's come around a couple times and never pitched for the team, and now here he is. You're, you're getting a guy that's toward the tail end, a guy that really I think is a long man more so than a starter. I, I just I think his days of being giving you even six innings is I think Eric said the other day if you can just give me five, <laughs> give me a, a strong five and then get him out of there that's fine. I just think that Gio Gonzalez is a long man. I think that's what I think that's what he's best suited for. He's not a closer or a guy that you bring out of the pen for a short amount of time because he does have the experience as a as a starter. I just think that that's where he is now. I just, yeah, I don't see anything of, of effective in Gonzalez at all. Glad you checked in, my friend. Appreciate your phone call. Now you see Tom. He leaves line open. Three one two three three two ESPN is our phone number. Well, during this time, at six twenty five, I would turn over to the Cubs and we would talk about Cubs baseball and what happened over the weekend and get you ready for tonight's Cubs game. Well, I can't do that. Because the Cubs and Cardinals, a great rivalry and always a terrific game, postponed as the Cardinals uh, have so many issues with COVID-19. It is laughable that the Cardinals are even considered a team that is going to get back on the field at some point because of COVID-19. Even the Marlins were able to recover. But now the Cardinals, they have not been playing in a long time. And it would have been great to be able to review and really a, a gut check, I think, to see the Cubs and Cardinals to see exactly where the Cubs would be against the St. Louis club. And now we can't do that. Now we've got to wait until tomorrow when the Cubs take on the Indians. So I can't review Cubs and Cardinals. It's really disappointing. Um, but we heard from Jed Hoyer earlier. We want you, if you missed it, we want to give you a little flavor of what Jed Hoyer had to say. Because in my view, the Cardinals can't make up these games. How many doubleheaders can the Cardinals make up to, to get to the games that they've missed? It is not just unfair to uh, Major League Baseball. It's unfair to the opponents that they got to sit and wait because these dudes can't wash their hands or these dudes are exposing themselves to COVID-19. However, they were able to get it. And all, that's something else, too, that is a more of a long-form conversation here. But, you know, it, however they were able to get COVID-19, and if they are testing positive for COVID-19, it's unfair for the other teams. They got to sit around and wait and figure out, okay, so where, how do we get our rhythm back? Because these dudes can't keep themselves safe. So far, so good. Knock on wood for the Cubs that they've been able to keep themselves safe. And the Sox, for the most part, have kept themselves out of COVID-19. Yohan Moncada with an issue earlier in the season. But, but the bottom line is, is that after all this time, the same commissioner, Rob Manfred, that said, well, if we have multiple outbreaks, we have to consider closing up the season. You've had multiple outbreaks, and the season's still going on. Now, for those of us that love baseball as much as I love baseball and you love baseball, you want to see it continue as much as possible. But I will say what I've always said, and that is it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the safety of the players. Without the players, we don't have baseball this year. And it is a little weird without fans and all that, but it's still baseball. But the, the idea that you're having multiple outbreaks, and again, we're, we're not even through a month of, the, uh, month of the season yet, and you have multiple outbreaks in a team, how is that fair? It's not fair for the opposition. 
Jed Hoyer, uh, with his thoughts, he addressed all those missed games for the Cubs. Well, I think those are the questions that the Cardinals and MLB and the union will, will have to answer, right? How many games is it safe to play in how many days? Um, how much of a ramp ramp up period do they now need? You know, what is the appropriate number of double headers? I mean, those are all the questions that, that we're going to have to, that we're going to have to answer. And, and, and I, I, you know, I don't envy any of the people having to make those decisions. I mean, I think, you know, once we get, it feels almost premature to, to ask those questions now. Cause I think, you know, we need to get to a place where everyone's healthy and, and, and no one's testing positive, but once it is appropriate to ask all those questions, I don't envy anyone making those decisions because they're really difficult. You don't want to put anyone at risk uh, of injury uh, by ramping up too quickly or, or overexerting yourself. And I think, we've, as you said, we've already seen a ton of injuries. So those are really difficult questions, and there's not really much of a blueprint for how to answer them. So for those that, that did not hear at the top of the hour at 6 o'clock, so that doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Detroit Tigers this week is being postponed to allow more time for additional COVID-19 testing. So Major League Baseball opted to postpone Thursday's doubleheader to continue additional testing while the Cardinals players and staff are quarantined before the team returns to play. The Cardinals had a series against Pittsburgh to start on Monday. That's postponed after a weekend series against the Cubs was scrapped and three more positive t- uh, coronavirus tests. So let's let's make sure we count it up. I think I got enough fingers and toes to be able to do this, right? There have now been 29 games postponed by Major League Baseball because of coronavirus concerns. The Cardinals have not played since July 30th and have had 15 games scrapped. Miami and Philadelphia have had seven games postponed earlier and have returned to the field since those disruptions, but 29 games postponed because of coronavirus, and you just continue to move forward. And the Cardinals have not played since July 30th. It's August 10th. How are they even able to make those games up? I would fold it up for the year, quite frankly. And I know the Cardinals fans are like, well, that's not fair. Well, I mean, you're still not ready. If you came and play by Thursday, then what's the point of this? You play five games. <laughs> like, how's that working? Uh, Eric, let's, can we go to uh, John Mosaic, the, the uh, Cardinals general manager? Because... As he mentioned to the press in St. Louis, everyone's frustrated right now. As of right now, I don't know what really our future looks like at this point. All I know is is that we've lost three, these three games, and um, you know we'll we'll certainly uh, take this day by day. You know, for all the optimism we had a couple days ago, um, to be where we are today, it's 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 definitely um, frustrating for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. If you're a Cardinal fan, you can't see your team because of COVID-19. Two outbreaks, but yet the sport just continues, just barreling through. You know why? Money. As I wish I would say it's about us, like the fans, right? Oh, the fans need baseball, so we're just going to keep barreling through no matter what. But it's about money. It's about keeping the, the it's about keeping the sport on the landscape on television for all for them to see and for them to get paid. Even though there's no fans in stands, they just want to keep baseball going because it's viable. Coming up, we'll hear more from Jed Hoyer. What about that possible bubble for Major League Baseball in the playoffs? Also, we'll keep you up to date on some of the scores around Major League Baseball. You're listening to the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. 
Baseball Show is brought to you by Fatty's Pub in Orland Park. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Fatty's Pub in Orland Park is a proud official White Sox bar and is a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game. Welcome to the Baseball Show. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Tomorrow night, we will carry the White Sox and Tigers game at 535 Right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So uh, no baseball show tomorrow, but we will have White Sox baseball for you tomorrow uh, during this time right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Jonathan Hood with you on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show at ESPN MLB Show. Glad to have you in tonight here as we talk to you about the Cubs and White Sox, everything else from Major League Baseball. So, I've always contended that baseball had time to be able to figure out what they wanted to do once they got back on the field. You remember you and I going back and forth, talking about the players and the owners and when baseball would return you know, amongst everything else that we've been looking at with this COVID-19. And finally, the players get back on the field. Great. But it just seems as though all of these plans, like putting a runner at second base in the extra innings and uh, having universal DA, all this stuff seemingly was just all at the last minute, so willy-nilly. Let's just add more playoff games, all this stuff, right? But the one plan was never one that can continue to keep the players safe until as of late. Listen, if you watch just any baseball game, whether it's in this market or out of this market, Eric, you've seen this too, right? Even highlights. You've seen players spit at the plate. You have seen players be able to high-five each other with the bare hand. You have seen um, uh, pitchers go to their mouth as if we're playing baseball in 2019. Whatever happens, and I've seen multiple columns from former players like Doug Glanville and others write about this. Baseball players are a creature of habit. As much as you would want players to be conscious of what is going on, slow the spread as much as possible, make sure that you're safe no matter what, just be conscious of it. Baseball players do what baseball players do. They're going to adjust their crotch, they're going to go to their mouth, they're going to um, do the normal things that they feel comfortable with. You know, it's funny. So here's the litmus test, right? So Peacock is not someone that's like this huge baseball fan, but she, you know she could be in the hood cave next to me on her computer, or whatever, and then looks up and sees like a player, you know, spitting at the ground, and she'll go, "Wait, what is that?" And, and I say, "Well, that's a baseball player doing what he does." She goes, "What about COVID nineteen? Even her, who's not like this big baseball fan, realizes that hey, that's maybe not the best thing to do, but." This is what ball players do. They are not conscious of what they're doing when you're trying to make sure that everyone is safe. Right. The, the MLB hasn't put in enough strict rules to get them to break their habits. Like, there's no real penalties, so they're going to continue to what they, they do so they can hopefully stay, have their success continue. 
only thing they've done is put a narc out there, a trick, someone to be able to be, to have law and order. If you go out and kick it after a game and not stay in your hotel, you you know someone will come get you, like they did with Plezak of the Indians. Right, and the problem is, is there were supposed there's supposed to be someone stationed at everyone's hotel, not allowing them to leave. Somehow Plezak slipped around him and went and hit up the bars with his buddy. It's so baseball. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It'd be like an iron gate for everybody if it's football or if it's basketball. So we talk about this in the baseball show right here on ESPN 1000 presented by Goose Island Beer Company. So, you know, so the bubble idea is something that still makes sense to me. And maybe this is going to happen in the playoffs. Some thoughts from Jed Hoyer, the general manager for the Cubs. Um, talking about a possible bubble plan for the MLB playoffs. Not without speaking for the league. I mean, I think it, it does make make some sense. There's a lot of travel in the postseason. You know, um, and I guess the first round this year you would just travel once, but you know, once you get into the later rounds, you know, sometimes you're, you're traveling multiple times a week. And um, I think what we've learned so far is that uh, you know, travel is a difficult part of this. You know, both the Marlins and the Cardinals outbreaks happen on the road and. I think with buses and planes and hotel rooms and you know, smaller clubhouses and things like that, I think it's that that's been been a challenge and and a challenge the league is trying to address, but still a challenge nonetheless. And so, um, I think a bubble situation for the playoffs could be in the best interest to make sure that you know those games are played and that and that the right players are on the field deciding it. Wait, what's your reaction after? After everything that went on with the Marlins and is still going on with the Cardinals, you see the Zach Plesac uh, situation, and then the and then the bench clearing incident out west. Yeah, I mean, the you know, I won't, I don't know enough about the the Plesac incident, but I know with, with the, the bench clearing thing, I think you know, I know that you know, people are still competing, and I know that um, you know tensions run high, but you know, to me, you know. It, it looks that that looks bad for our sport when we have guys out on the field like that gathering, and we're trying to do everything we can to be safe and to socially distance. And you know, I think that you know one of the nice things so far, one of the the um, things that creates some optimism is that we haven't had you know a team to team spread. That um, that didn't happen with the Phillies, and, and you know it didn't happen with with the, with the Cardinals. And I think that um, you know seeing a bench clearing brawl like that you know, that, that gives you some, some pause. So I, that, that, I know guys are competing and the, and the tensions are, are high, but that stuff can't happen. And, and listen, I, I think that we, what we talk about all the time is that every, every team and even the league, I guess, is we're only as good as the weakest link, you know? And, um, you know, this thing spreads oftentimes, you know, through no fault of anyone's, you know, that's it can happen. You can catch it. Um, but we have to do everything we can to prevent it and, and having guys go out or having guys put other people at risk is, is a challenge because, you know, like I said, we're only as good as, as the weakest part of it. And we have to make sure that we obey the protocols. Thoughts from Jed Hoyer, the general manager for the Cubs. So we talk about this on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I'm glad that Jed talked about, um, a number of the issues from this weekend, including the a- athletics and the Astros. So just when you thought that everything with the Astros and the Dodgers is over, here come the Astros and the athletics, two rivals now in the American League West. So following two quiet games of the Coliseum, true feelings seemed to come out and tempers flared yesterday. Months after Houston's si- signs-stealing scandal was brought to light by Mike Fires. 
who is the Oakland pitcher. Things got so angry that the bench is cleared and and the stands empty, too, during Oakland's 7-2 victory. So the Athletics' ninth straight win completely overshadowed with that skirmish. That came less than two weeks from when the Dodgers and the Astros are going at it. So Ramon Laureano got hit by a pitch for the third time in a three-game series, and this one by Castellanos uh, with one out in the seventh and pointed at the rookie right-hander. Laureano then began exchanging words with animated Astros hitting coach Alex Cintron, uh, left first base, threw down his batting helmet, and began charging toward him in the first base dugout. Then Astros catcher Dustin Garneau left the bench to tackle Laureano before the A's outfielder reached Cintron. Uh, I was just trying to stop the situation before punches were really thrown and got out of hand, said Garneau. That's really was my whole goal before that incident. As I mentioned, ballplayers are going to do what they do, right? And so even during this COVID-19, when Major League Baseball's like, hey, make sure that you're socially distant as much as possible, make sure that you're safe, now ballplayers are going to do what they do. And what what do they do? Um, Sometimes they try to fight. Now, there wasn't, again, these are all skirmishes, what we've seen so far uh, during the start of the season. Uh, But (laughs) again, this is this has nothing to do with social distancing protocols or observing COVID nineteen. It's just players just streaming out of the tunnel area, streaming out of the dugout, uh, in out of the clubhouse to be able to start fighting or try to start a fight. It's just something, man. It's just like this has got to be the biggest nightmare for Manfred, but also it's up to the players to understand this too. Now, when I talk about players just doing what they normally do, they sh- they can't be robotic. They also have to be able to have a presence of mind to know, hey, I got to make sure that I stay healthy. But clearly, Loriano didn't care about that. The worst care- part about that Loriano brawl is the adults in the room, the managers and the bench coaches are supposed yeah. to be the ones that are leading the example. Yeah. The bench coach, according to Loriano, made a vile comment about his mother, about Loriano's mother, as that's what started the fight. So we have the quote-unquote adults in the room picking a fight with a player on first base during this whole situation, knowing what would happen next, pointing at him to come here, like, bring it. This would have never happened with fans in the stands because you couldn't have heard him. Exactly, right? That comment would not have been heard. You're right. His mother. Okay. And, and, and what's the point of that, too, by the way? What's the point of it? Just, just to instigate. So Cintron, the hitting's coach today, was quoted, I, regard, I regret charging him because he's a loser. A suspension is understandable, but I hope it's not that many games. So, like, sweet apology. He's a loser. Baseball. Yep, it is. It is the the surly, (laughs) right-ass baseball player. But why, though? And and so we we go back to the question of why. We go back to two-year-olds, Eric, and they say why, and just keep asking why. Because why? You realize that if you say something to this guy who's charged up after being hit so many times, why would you even why would you even go into that? You know that's going to cause an issue. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Once again, I just go back to my default of that. Like these ball players are just like humans. Some are just going to do whatever they want to do, and I just I'll just never understand it. <laughs> Amidst this COVID nineteen, you want to cause a, a stir? Why? It's, it's bad on both sides, actually. And if someone calls out my mother, I'm not necessarily charging the dugout. No, I'm but, laughing at that fool. Like, yeah. wow, that, that worked in middle school, man. Like, cool. <laughs> Apparently it works as an adult for Boy. these guys, right? The men in the room in, in Major League Baseball. 
Uh, a couple of scores for you. Tampa and Boston just getting underway uh, in the bottom of the first no score at Fenway Park. The Washington Nationals lead the Mets 3 nothing. That game's at the top of the third. What's the one note here? Stroman for the Mets has opted out. That's a story today. Um, has opted out of uh, the Mets. 13-1 to in the top of the six for the Phillies, leading Atlanta 13-1. to That game is on top of the sixth inning, and no score between the Sox and the Tigers. That game is on top of the third inning at Comerica. Coming up next, we give you five topics in five minutes. It's 5-4-5. Next on the baseball show, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Jonathan Hood with you here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. As I tell you about the baseball show, a great place to watch a White Sox game is Fatty's Pub in Orland Park. It's a great place. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales tonight. Fatty's Pub in Orland Park is a proud official White Sox bar and is a fantastic place to watch a White Sox game. Cubs, Sox, so much more. much more. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. The Baseball Show is presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Greg is in Crown Point with Jonathan Hood on the baseball show. Hello, Greg. Hey, what's up, Jay Hood? What's up, brother? Hey, you know, like I was telling who answered the phone. Eric. You know, people know, I mean, you do not slam the mom to a Hispanic. So you know that's going to fire the guy up. And then what he did was another name for a cat. I mean, you step off the dugout, and then when he gets charged, he backs up and lets everybody get in front of him. I mean, come on, dude. Talk about taking the chicken you-know-what way out of goosing somebody's, you know, anger. I know where you're going with that, Greg. <laughs> I know where you're going. He did a decent <laughs> job skirting around that right there. <laughs> it's very good. It's very radio-friendly, Greg. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. Uh, I, I think that the whole mother thing, I don't believe it is uh, – I don't believe it's just for Hispanics. I just think that's for anybody. Now, for me, then I just think, well, boy, how weak is that, right? Like, the fifth grade called, and they want their joke back, or whatever line that was. But still, just kind of like, ah. Uh, you know that if someone's going to say something like that, they want to get you riled up. And as I said before, if there was fans in the stands, maybe that's not even heard. Maybe it is. Who knows? But I just, it's so ridiculous. All right, we've got to go here because we got five minutes left in the show. So we've got five topics. Let's do five, four, five. Five for five. Five topics, five minutes, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Maybe five minutes or less here. Eric Ostrowski's always got some up his sleeve. All right, Eric. Okay, we did one similar to this already on the baseball show where we went around each position on the diamond and gave our personal favorite all-time Chicago defenders at first, second, etc. So now we're going to flip it. We're going to do our best hitters at each position, first, second, third, and catcher. So, Jonathan, I will let you go first, and we will do first base. So who is your favorite Chicago all-time hitter at first base? Ooh, it was close because I respect Grace for being the 
the offensive juggernaut he was through the 90s. I mean, we talk about the 90s. Grace was very good, but it's got to be Frank because he's the Hall of Famer, and it doesn't matter that he couldn't throw the ball from first to second. Offensively speaking, he was great. So I'm going to go with Frank. So I know that my answer is wrong. <laughs> Let me preface it as that because I think Big Frank is Big, Big Hurt is the answer, yeah. but probably my all-time favorite White Sox player is Paul Canerco. So I'm going to go with Paul Canerco. I looked up his – he averages 30 home runs, 97 RBIs, uh, and he, he finished his career with a 282 average. So for solely for me, I got to go with Paul Canerco at first base. That's not a, that's not a wrong answer, by the way. That's, it, that's, it's your choice. But Frank that Thomas guy, is well, the no, but, of that, that almost that 90s era period. No, but Canerco's a Sox Hall of Famer. Ask, ask Jerry Reinsdorf. He gave him the ball. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, move on to second base. I have a feeling we got the same one for this. Who's your best hitting Chicago second baseman all time? It's Rhino. Yeah. It's Ryan Tabor. That one's simple. Uh, go back in the archives of the Underhood podcast. You can hear Barry Rosner t- uh, when Jim Fry passed away. Talked about what Sandberg had to do. Sandberg just kept hitting the ball into the ground, Eric. He just kept hitting it into the ground. And Fry got so pissed off. He says, come here, Rhino. Don't you want to put the ball in play? Maybe, th- maybe a few line drives. And Rhino's like, yeah, how do I do that? And so I want you to hit the ball 40 feet foul down the left field line. And he just kept hitting the ball foul until he straightened his swing out. And now, of course, Sandberg, the Hall of Famer. But Jim Fry, a big part of that. That's super interesting. So, like, for me, Sandberg goes back to, like, Little League. When I was a kid, that was what every every dad coach was telling us to, like, watch Ryan Sandberg swing, watch him play second base. So I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that. Uh, shortstop, who is the all-time best hitter in Chicago? Again, probably layup. Uh, at shortstop. You know, I wrote down Sean Dunstan. I don't think that's right, though. <laughs> it's like, like Dunstan, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think. Out of Sox shortstops, like Ozzy, like Tim Anderson now, Cubs, who do you have? I, I Only because there hasn't been a great hitting shortstop in the city. Other than, I guess, Javi and TA now. Uh, I have to go back to like the man who made the position. It was never a power hitting position before Ernie Banks. Yeah. Once he got there, all of a sudden shortstops also became a threat in the lineup. So the way he changed the game, I had to go with Ernie Banks, even though I never experienced him. And neither did I, sir. But there just wasn't enough in the, my current era to really tag someone as a hitter that I loved at that shortstop position. And mine either. That's why I just went with Dunstan because yeah. it's, it's like Ozzy, Alexi Ramirez. Like That doesn't work for you, right? I know. Like The only name career-wise that even matches is Luke Appling, which how long ago yeah. is that? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's hard. That's why you kind of just, I had to go to Mr. Cub. All right. All right. Now to uh, third base. Who is your favorite hitter? It has to be Robin Ventura. It has to be Robin. Like, I, I wrote down Joe Creedy at first, and I'm like, no, Robin on both. Uh, we're talking about offense. Robin was pretty clutch many times for in my lifetime as a, uh, watching the White Sox. So, uh, for me, it's Robin. So, the, the answer on who's been the best hitter in the city at third all time is Ron Santo. I just growing up with mid Rod Santo on radio and TV, and as a kid, I hated the Cubs more than I do now. Now I actually enjoy both teams, but as a kid, that rival was strong, so I couldn't go with Santo. So I went with what you said with Rod Ventura. When he, he had like a four or five year stretch where he was actually a real threat to hit the ball at third base. That's my guy, yep. third base. So lastly, what is the best hitting catcher in the history of Chicago sports? For me, it's uh, Carlson Fisk. I got, I, I'm with you. I got numbers. So he leads the White Sox 
Um, all-time catchers in home runs, doubles, runs, scored, RBI, slugging percentage, and on-base percentage. Toward the twilight of his career, people forget about that Red Sox run. He comes over in 83, and you're like, okay, he's he got something left. I can't give you a baseball comparison off the top of my head of like how long he was in with the Red Sox in the 70s. He comes over in 83 and just changes not only the pitching staff, but also comes through offensively. So Fisk is my favorite um, on either side of town. Jody Davis. Yeah, there really isn't. Yeah. The, the next, really the next best hitting catcher that's been in this city is, is Wilson Contreras. It is. Like, try to find it? another big bat that in the history of that position. There isn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah, okay. Contreras. All right. So there you go. There you go. There's your five for five right here on ESPN 1000 on the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget, tomorrow will be White Sox baseball as they take on the Tigers. It's a 535 start, so no baseball show. Just but continue to subscribe to the podcast, the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Eric Ostrowski is our producer. And we will talk to you uh, next time on another edition of The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. You've been listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for The Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.